Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump, four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Uh, it's almost over. The sweet release is almost here. It is. We, we have to go to the bathroom so bad, and we're just waiting for this movie <laughs> to end. <laughs> I would have gone to the bathroom during the running scene. I can sniff that out when I'm at a movie because I have to use the bathroom during movies. I Didn't know, someone I know make like an go. app that tells you when's a good time to go to the bathroom? Oh, they sh- that's a good idea. I think No, I think someone did it. I, I, yeah. Because I, I remember that. when that like three-hour Avengers movie came out, I remember reading something about it. Mm, um, that's a smart idea. Yeah. Okay. Well... We are not talking about that smart idea. We're talking about minutes 133 through 136 of Forrest Gump. This is essentially the end of the movie, pre-credits. It starts with Forrest at Jenny's gravesite and ends with us watching a feather. Just as we started. Just as we started. Get bookends. it? Guys, bookends. Yeah. Book- I like bookends. Mm. I like yeah. them. Um, I'll say this. I, I would take bookends over narration most of the time. Most uh, nine out of ten times, narration is just a crutch. Except in Stand by Me, I like it in Stand by Me, even oh, though I know that's the most we were just talking off we air about. We were just talking over, uh, off air about Brian Cox's character and adaptation. And mm-hmm. Lord help you if you use voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't remember yeah, I mean, exactly all, what he says. I think it was more profane than that. And then there's we and can then all, if you, I, I'm a I'm a mass adaptation is one of my favorite movies. And then. There's no voiceover for the rest of that movie after he yells that in that movie, yeah. which is yeah, a fun little thing. It's a great one. Um, so, Forrest misses Jenny. Um, he walks away. The birds come to the tree. And we have Forrest Jr.'s bus shows up. Um, guys, I know we've talked about this being a conservative's wet dream, but here we go. Forrest's son wearing a red MAGA hat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very red true. hats are ruined. You just can't wear a red hat anymore. It's done. Make make my mom alive again. <laughs> Duff, Duff, don't you? You have a story about seeing someone with a red hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a few, uh, well, doesn't matter because when you listen to it, it'll be older. But so the one or two days after the George Floyd protests and riots, uh, I was going out to help clean up or just kind of look around for you know glass or whatever was on the ground and can sweep up it was about two miles away from my house and I started off in my car and I was driving and I saw a woman who was walking this she was facing the same direction as I was driving so I just saw the back of her head and it looked like it looked like a MAGA hat it was bright red but I wasn't sure and so like I slowed down because I want if it was a MAGA hat, I was going to yell, like, F you fascist, go home or something. Like, I was going to verbally accost this person if they were in a MAGA hat, which all which is fully deserved. Like, I would have done that and not felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. What I did feel bad about is I slowed down and was looking, and it turned out to be a UW-Madison hat. <laughs> <laughs> the thing and, is, it's like, you also have to watch out because it might be a Cardinals hat, but that's the same thing. <laughs> That's yeah. a Trump hat. <laughs> uh, and I could tell that this woman was a little bit like, oh, is this guy creeping on me? So I just sped up. And, but I felt yeah. very I felt very bad because I was going to I was going to yell at this lady. And it turned out to be a hat for my alma mater. That uh, but cl- to, to Rob's point. Yeah. Red hats. They're done. 
Um, yeah, you can't do it. It's done. Uh, also, Forrest, I, I complimented him last week on being a good dad, but get your kid a backpack. Don't have him carrying around a tote bag. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, tote bags are just harder to carry, especially when you're a kid. Backpacks uh, I, equalize the weight he, on your he, back. He doesn't have that much stuff. Like he has a Curious George book and his lunch, and that's it. Like it's. I'm actually curious because I I know legit like wearing backpacks that are overloaded with like that are too heavy is really bad for kids' backs. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Uh, but I don't know that wearing a tote bag on one shoulder that probably would be even worse. I think just carrying heavy things is bad for you, which is why well, we do what we do for our lives. It's it's not <laughs> yeah, like I, I never lift anything heavier than a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like Little Forest is walking to and from various classes. He has his tote bag. He probably puts it in his little cubby, and that's it. Hmm. I think it's a nice little tote, personally. I mean, I've 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 turned the corner on. He totes. doesn't. He doesn't have like textbooks that weigh tons. He's just he's got a curious George book which weighs like five ounces. It's fun to say tote. It is yeah. fun to say tote. And like I said, it. I didn't used to like totes, but I've I've learned to like totes. That's how we're saving the planet. Totes. Um, I have a I have a dumb question for you guys. Okay. Um, he gets on the bus. Yeah. Is this is this the same bus driver? Yes. Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah, I know it's a joke, but I I also part of me was like, God, what is like? Because she she's not doesn't look that old. They don't really age her. Which yeah, I went back. Well, and how long grass. has it been? Probably thirty years. Yeah. If in fairness, if you're a bus driver, you're just born looking a certain way. Oh like, boy! Like, as someone who relies heavily on wonderful bus drivers, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm gonna say that they are all beautiful, and I love them very much. I'm just I'm saying, sure. bus drivers have a look. They they do a job that is 100% harder than my job. It is stressful as hell. I'm just yeah. saying, there's a bus driver look. The best bus driver ever is is still from uh, Billy Madison. Oh yeah. <laughs> No yelling on the bus. <laughs> what about uh? Who would steal thirty kids' <laughs> Just giggling as he plows into a white bread sandwich. <laughs> God damn. I uh, uh, I don't disagree. I also enjoy uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, on the fly bus driving and speed. Well, yeah. Is it now the time we should announce our next minute by minute. It's going to be speed. It, it is. <laughs> Oh no! I don't know. Maybe it should be. Speed's a better movie than Forrest Gump. I yeah. I would I would hate if Speed got ruined for me because I I do love Speed. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. That that would. I, I'm also concerned because <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. But I'm assuming I would still like it. Uh, we we could do Speed uh, 55 minutes at a time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that the how we, we can't we can't stop podcasting or we get shot? Yeah, we have to do the whole first 55 <laughs> minutes in one recording session. Can you imagine what it would be like? Like <laughs> what we do about a half hour to 45 minutes per sec- segment. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh, God, Just so a, a two day marathon of recording. Uh, it would be like those telethons in the 18th hour where like Jerry Lewis is about to pass out or something. You would just say the name Keanu and I would start sobbing. <laughs> Wait, so uh, we do it. Okay, let's, let's hash through this. We would just do 50 minutes of it at a time. So we would do, because it's 50, not 55, 50. So you do about 50? Oh. segment one. Yeah, because they can't drive 55. Yep. Mm. That's a little... <laughs> I, I got little, you. Little Hagar humor. <laughs> you, you do so. It's only four episodes. 
Hmm. Actually, that? it'd be like two and a half. I don't think it. I don't think it adds up. I don't remember how long that movie is. But um, before we get to the bus stuff, though, I did have a week. I went kind of long last time, so I didn't ask a question I had about burials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We t- we got plenty of burial content, but for people that wanted a little bit more, yeah, you kept digging. <laughs> I mentioned I just want to be thrown in a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, you did, but but like, I, I guess I could be more specific. You want like what hole? kind of environment do you would you guys like to be laid to rest? Like I'm assuming Duff would like to be buried at sea, but I could be wrong. Uh, where would you guys? Where and how? I guess I'm not so much interested in like, do you want to be cremated or not? But like, where would you like your remains to be laid to rest? What sort of place? It doesn't have to be too specific if you aren't able. To I mean, I'm that, just going to say Midwest, Wisconsin, somewhere in Wisconsin. Yeah. Do you want to be? Would you like to be buried in the woods? Would you like to be buried house on, house on, on the a, rock? Yeah, like shit. <laughs> just sprinkle me on the uh, on the carousel when you walk into the Tom, house Tommy the Bartlett's rock. robot world. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys uh, just? I want to be at uh, the ski show in Wisconsin Dells, and when they go off the ramp, I want them to open the container. Next time you guys are at Noah's Army Bartlett's, the world's largest water park, I want you to fill the pockets of your swim trunks with my ashes before you go down. <laughs> Everyone has. Watch, we're going to get the park shut down because the water gets all ashy and cloudy. You're going down that super steep one with the, where you have to cross your arms and your legs. Yes, and ash. you're just giggling the whole way down because Rob's ashes are coming out of your pockets. Everyone's all covered in soot. Is there smoke coming off that guy? Did they forget to turn off the water? No, that's his friend's ashes. He died because his podcasting mic electrocuted him. He spilled I, his gin and tonic on his microphone. I do know that uh, it's illegal to spread ashes at Disney World, and they had they had to make that rule because so, so many people kept smuggling in ashes, and people still do. Like, there's actually protocol to like escort people out of the park if they're caught spreading ashes. Like you're on like it's a small world on the boat, and you're surreptitiously S- sobbing and throwing. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is a sidetrack, but which Disney ride would you like to have your ashes spread at if you couldn't get away with it? Uh, this is not a ride, but I want I want the Country Bears show with the animatronic <laughs> bears. I want like when they're in the middle of like a a, a jamboree jug band song, just all of a sudden just woof, ashes go up in the middle, and we like, fill one of their drums with your ashes. Some just all of a sudden someone starts wailing during Country Bears, like. <laughs> Someone in and in all black, like with the shroud and just wailing, like in the aisle. I I am going to give a spoiler here, but I'm going to choose Expedition Everest, which is at the Animal Kingdom in Disney World, and I'm going to spoil the ride for a little bit for you guys here. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. <I'll> probably <laughs> never go there. Uh, at one point, you are uh, going down in it, and you like start. I think you start ascending, and all of a sudden, a giant yeti. <laughs> Shows up and cool. breaks the track a, in half. A land monster, and then and then you go backwards. Like it breaks the track, and then it it, it pushes your cart all the way oh, back no. the way you went. And I, if you could do it there, so it looked like the yeti killed me. Just throw it in his face. <laughs> What's that pile of gray stuff over there? <laughs> well, that's funny you ask. That's my friend Rob. <laughs> it's what he requested. Don't say anything. They'll, they'll some of the characters will escort us out. The cast. <laughs> So, Cast so members Rob, will come get us. Would you like to be returned to like a sort of a beautiful spot in the North Woods of Wisconsin? Is that your answer? Um, or, I, or I like don't by know. A lake I or 
I'm not going to die, so I haven't thought Well, about we're it. not going to hold you to it. This isn't a living will. Yeah. yeah. It's the closest Just, thing I have to one. Uh, I would say... I would say potentially, yeah, back up to Northwoods. Maybe not. Maybe it'd end up being in somewhere in Dane County. Devil's Lake and whatnot. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know if that is Dane County. I think it it's is. not, but I, no, I don't know. Oh, it's I, close, though. Yeah. What do you got, Joe? I like water. I'd like to be laid to rest in or near a large body of water, either Lake Michigan, which is very close to my left as I record this, uh, or <laughs> left. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know t- I'm, I'm, I'm facing South, uh, or uh, yeah, the ocean. I, ju- I just think, yeah, being buried at, at, at sea, being let go into the ocean would be really neat. Do you I, want, I think it's just, do you want a Viking funeral? No, I, I just don't, I don't really want anything that's going to require a lot of work for anyone or, or waste resources. Like you don't have to set anything on fire or build a boat for me. Just toss me in. Let the animals eat me. Anything, right? Let the animals and whatnot take care of me. But my ultimate, like if, if we're going full fantasy land, I, I'd like my ashes or whatever to be released into space. Uh, I think there'd be something neat about like the idea that parts of me are just sort of slowly drifting off into who knows where over millennia you know it's not earthbound anymore hmm. okay all right duff what do you got here where we, where we uh, put your I corpse don't, i don't know if i have a good answer um one thing i'll say is that when uh growing up there's uh a a bluff in uh red wing minnesota uh where we would hike and you can go to the top and you can it's one of the it's about an hour south of the twin cities and it's probably one of the higher vantage points where you can just kind of see everything and we would do that we would go there about once a year and when my mom died we uh spread her ashes at the top of uh it's called the barn bluff in red wing minnesota uh so i guess i would be sprinkled there Mm mm-hmm Oh, that's nice. Uh, that sounds beautiful. My my like fantasy off the wall answer is uh, it doesn't really matter, but I want some type of like Lenin's tomb mausoleum type thing. <laughs> just, just be preserved for eternity. Just yeah, like just put me in like a, a glass case that's eternally frozen, and there's like a huge uh, structure, and people can come by and just pay. Yeah, their- that's cool. See what if my ego tells me I need to have a marker for me somewhere because what if people want to come see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you guys seen a lot of like the like famous tombs or anything like that? Like the Lenin one is a great example. Um, I, I can say if you go to France uh, and you go to Paris, you'll. I laughed very hard when I saw Napoleon's tomb because it is large and ostentatious and ridiculous. Uh, I had a good chuckle when I saw that. I have not, but I have played a lot of Tomb Raider. <laughs> Both the original and the the remakes. Um, so I think I'm pretty familiar. Uh, I don't think I've seen any famous tombs. Uh, I've I've been to the book depository in Dallas. Does that count as something along these lines? I think the Oscar Wilde grave is also like a really good one. Is that the one where where women rub themselves on it all the time? I I I don't know. Uh, 
That doesn't no, people kiss it all the time, okay. and the lipstick is uh, eroding it. Oh, actually, I I take it back. I do know. Um, I've seen Elvis's grave because I've. Been oh, I've seen Elvis's night. grave Cause too. If because if you go to Graceland, uh, Elvis is buried at home. Which, that's uh, how they get those those tax breaks. As we know, yeah. Oh, I bet that's uh, I bet that's a good deal for Graceland. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, I think it's. Uh, isn't there his parents are buried there too? Aren't they? I think there's I think multiple so. graves. Yeah, there are. I think there are, are multiple graves. Um, so, back to the movie for the last time. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. So you know we end with we end the movie with Forrest at his son's bus stop. You know we've talked about all our bus stop friends, and this movie is just really a series of bus stops. Actually, two bus stops. Um, and then the feather takes off from his foot, lifts up in the air. Q credits. Um, I do want to just point out one minor thing. Yeah. Yet another wild shirt that's going on, which oh, at no. first you would not realize, but there are four buttons on this polo shirt. Oh, that, that is like a, the high button. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like an 80s style thing. Yeah. It's, it's madness is what it is. I, don't, I, mm. I, I do believe I have owned a polo shirt with that many buttons. It, that, it, yeah. It like briefly came. It did come back into style about. Mm, I'm gonna guess, ten years ago or so. So, I was listening to the commentary on this movie, and at the end, um, Zemeckis mentions how when this movie was made, their assumption was that no one under the age of 35 will understand this movie. That this movie was essentially playing to the boomer generation. Mm-hmm. And how they? I mean, I, I don't think I don't, they actually that turned were. out to be wrong. I think. Yeah, it did. And he and did. Did he have any inclination it would be the number one movie of the year? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is you never know. Like, I mean, obviously no. But part of me wonders, like, who would admit it? Who'd be like, yeah, I knew this would be the biggest hit. Um, but I will say, there's this very interesting moment in the commentary where, you know, he talks about how they were wrong on that, and they also thought that no one outside of America would watch this movie. And obviously, it, well, not obviously, but it was a big hit uh, worldwide. Um, so it was interesting because Zemeckis in this commentary, first off, a couple things in the commentary is this was recorded probably in like the early aughts. So like he keeps talking about how big of a star Haley Joel Osment is, which is just <laughs> like, I mean, it's true. He did become a big star for a little bit, but it's just funny to listen to now. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But, but but I think as child actors have gone, he's done all right. Because yes. Now he's sort of rebranded and he pops up in comedies and he's ironic now. Yeah. To some degree. And, and I, I hope he's OK. I hope he's I th- happy. I think he had a drunk driving episode but i don't think anyone was hurt well as midwesterners you know, we can't really <laughs> at all every, uh, half of our friends probably have one <laughs> probably true uh but yeah i mean if it's early aughts this, he was still a very big star um and he talks about how this movie was a really good project and that like everything just kind of came together it wasn't like a difficult project and he talks about at the end how when you finish a big project like this, I'm sure we're going to feel this way too, guys, that uh, <laughs> that when you, you know, how he said for about a year after the movie came out, he was really depressed because, 
it was a really great experience and then the project is done and everyone thought he was depressed because his movie was such a big hit but it was he said it was just a lot of emptiness it was kind of amazing because his commentary is not that good by the end of the like once the credits start rolling he starts talking about this about how after he finished the movie he was for about a year he was depressed because you have all this energy and excitement on this project and then it's done and you just have yeah. like a huge letdown that you have what to did he do next of, contact, oh, contact which is yeah. uh, i haven't seen in a long time but it's pretty good right? it's pretty I, good yeah. i maybe I liked it a lot when i saw it when it came I, out I, i'm sure i think stylistically some parts don't age well but yeah i think it's it's a really smart good movie yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he didn't like. This wasn't like this didn't break him. This movie yeah, didn't break him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he did contact and then cast away and then well then and I then Polar and Express then just him. sold his soul to the uncanny valley gods. <laughs> and and I liked what's li- lies beneath when it came out too, but I don't know how well that holds up either. I saw it in the theater, but I don't. Yeah, I did too, and I I remember either. being pretty scared by it and thinking it was cool. Um, but the thing I want to talk about, guys, before before I'm sure Duff has another uh land creature, um. I have failed you in that I have not talked about what happens in the book. At the yeah, end. we haven't heard the updates in a while. How does the book end? So now, just a reminder, I took notes when I read this book, which was before we even started recording. So my notes aren't great, and I don't remember anything from the book. So I, I'm... <laughs> oh, sounds great. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to hear your update. <laughs> uh, so the last time I think we talked, I mentioned that he had gone from being a professional wrestler into meeting... <laughs> in- <laughs> And becoming a chess master, a yes. world-renowned oh chess God. master. That's right. Um, he then becomes a Hollywood stuntman. No, he d- come on. He this does, is, Joe. This is actually one of the few bits from the book I think I remember. And he plays the creature uh, in a remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And in the movie, uh, Raquel Welch is in the movie with him. That's who he's he's in the movie with. And... I don't. Here's what my notes say, Duff. If you remember more, please tell me. Raquel Welch's clothes rip off, and out of nowhere, Sue the orangutan uh, comes and saves them. <laughs> uh, that's not what I remembered, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. So here's, I, and this could be wrong, but if it is, it is no no weirder than anything else in the book. I remember that f- somehow he is dressed as this monster and is carrying Raquel Welch, but somehow he takes her off the movie lot and then they're in the middle of the highway in Los Angeles. Yeah, her clothes are ripped off. She's naked. But he's like carrying her around off the movie lot for some yes. reason. Yep. That That's one of the few pieces I remember when I read this book 20 plus years ago. Now, Joe, since you're an educator, do you have free access to all those websites that are like plot synopsis of books and stuff? What do you mean free? You mean Wikipedia? No, 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 no. Like those like those like kind of like cliff notes, but for like the websites that so kids who don't read the books can go and like pay some money and read like some. Oh, you don't have to pay money to get that stuff, man. (laughs) Well, anyways. I was trying to find like those, but all the ones I looked at were behind a paywall. So you know, if you have yeah, access, I mean, you you no one uh, that all that the the most of that stuff is for books that would conceivably be caught, taught in school. Yeah. <laughs> so like, obviously, this book. This like, book why, is why, would, in, why would you bother? You know, this book like, is in some of them. That's all I'm saying. And I couldn't read it. It was paywalled. So, I believe the book ends. So, so. 
if you remember, Jenny left him once he became a wrestler. Forrest kind of changes in the book. Unlike in this movie where Forrest is kind of the same person. In the movie, kind of like fame gets to him and Jenny leaves him. And she does end up having a kid and does end up naming him Forrest. But, like, she's fine. She just, like, has a kid named Forrest. Is it Forrest's kid? I, I don't know for sure. But she has, like, a husband and they raise their kid just fine. And I guess Forrest is just there to like give money if they need it or something. I don't know. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, But I think the book ends with Forrest, Lieutenant Dan and Sue reminder. Sue is the orangutan (laughs) uh, being in a band living on on. (laughs) and like living on like a green bench somewhere. Living on a bench. I don't know. They're on a bench. Listen, my notes aren't great. And I don't want to read your notes. It. Your notes sound like this movie. They're all melting together. Like, yes. Yeah. The, the story of you taking notes on this is now as weird as this <laughs> plot synopsis. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't have the book. I, I had gotten it from the library and I read it and I don't remember it. And I don't care like going back to it. Well, but. well, Wikipedia confirms at the end of the book, Forrest ends up with Dan and a male orangutan named Sue <laughs> living life. A by boy be- named Sue living life by being a one-man band begging for change while sleeping on a green bench. Okay, man. So I don't get how it's a one-man band if it's two guys yeah. and an ape. I don't either. Maybe but they I, don't play. You need just... to get into the, the mods area of Wikipedia and dispute that. <laughs> so that's the book. And then the other question I have is, are, is it just like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, but it's Forrest Gump and an orangutan? Uh, I mean... Kind of, I guess. Yeah, it's the book. The movie's better. There's no doubt about it. Movie is better with as, all its flaws. As I, I don't know, the book sounds pretty funny to me. <laughs> well, you you should read it, Joe. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Been a long time since I read the book, but I'm I'm gonna say you're right that the movie is better. I'm sure it's it's better, but the movie the book sounds unintentionally very funny. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like I've read that the book is supposed to be some kind of satire of America. But I yeah, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we should all read Gump and Company, the sequel, uh, no. and uh, well, do an well, episode people, on it. <laughs> if people give us enough money, I'll do it. <laughs> Someone I, Venmo me a hundred dollars, and I'll do it. The it thing only about, takes fifty. The thing about Gump, the thing I know about the book sequel is that uh, part of it is that the writer was really really mad that he got screwed of out of any money for Forrest Gump, and he was just like writing that book to get some money. Like a literal cash grab. Mm. Yeah, because it came out in 95. So, uh, yeah, that would make sense. Nine years after, he's like, oh, that movie just came out. <laughs> I'll I, capitalize on I it. I feel, I don't know the source. It's kind of just one of those things that's been around forever. But supposedly this, that Paramount argued that Forrest Gump didn't actually make any money. And that's why they couldn't pay the writer any money. Oh, they do that all the time. Right. Yeah. It's And... And to be fair, like sometimes, especially now, like it actually is true because all the money is in secondary markets and streaming and licensing and whatnot. But back then, like the idea that this movie, which had a decent budget, but not, you know, it's not like a $200 million budget like there is now. The idea that the number one movie of that year didn't make enough money to throw a little change to... Uh, the writer, I can't forget, is laughable. Winston but, Groom, yeah. But as Joe said, yeah, studios do that all the time. It's like, oh, when you factor in blah, 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 we actually lost money. So you should be thankful you're not getting a bill. 
I will say, I'm not going to read it because it's very long, but there is a very long synopsis for Gump and Company on Wikipedia. And the first sentence is, in 1980, the shrimp market has exploded and forests cannot keep up with the demand. I I know at one point I've read the synopsis and I remember that Lieutenant Dan screws Forrest out of the money and Forrest ends up being poor. Well, um, Duff, Buddy... Do you have a land monster for us? You, you made me do this stupid movie. The least you can do is acknowledge my land monsters. Ah! What is that? Land monster facts. So, some people will think that this is a cheat, that this is a sea monster, but it's not in the sea. It's uh, <laughs> it's in a it's in a lake. Uh, excuse me, I I know people are gonna say it's not a land monster <laughs> and it's in the sea, but I will tell you if you listen it to my is, argument. So, it's uh near the Alt- Altamaha River in southeastern Georgia, is said to reside a hissing sea monster. Called, well, you just called it a sea monster. I, yeah, it sounds I, like a sea monster, I'm, dude. I'm just reading. But anyway, oh, okay. so oh. the name of this that I you can tell why I'm going to use the shorter version is called the so it's the Altamaha River, and the sea monster's name is Altamaha Ha. Altamaha Ha. <laughs> uh, but called, so it's it, it's like a comedy version of Altamont. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the stand-up Altamaha. Ha! Oh, <laughs> sorry. It's like the loud. wreck, like the wreck of the week. The wreck. Uh, so it's called Alti for short. Okay. Alti. Alti. Okay. Uh, and the largest river. It, it's the ghost of the person who was killed at Altamont. <laughs> it haunts Hell's Angels. <laughs> if your mo- motorcycles have crashed in southeastern Georgia with unusual regularity. So Alti has been seen since 1830. So Alti. Wow, he's been around. Holy cow. Not wow. new. Not holy, new. I can't believe I just said holy, holy cow. Holy, holy whoa, Nelly. Cu- Cubs win. <laughs> <laughs> holy cow. Ah, holy cow. Uh, so it's at the uh, the Altamaha River in Georgia, <laughs> which uh, one of the largest river basins in the country, second only to the Mississippi. Uh, and so it is rumored to inhabit the myriad of small streams and twisting channels twisting channels uh described as having a sturgeon like body including <laughs> including a bony ridge on its top front flippers no back limbs swims like a dolphin and has the snout of a crocodile S- sounds like a sea what monster. with large protruding eyes and large sharp teeth uh supposedly 20 to 30 feet long although some people have said it may be larger sounds like a sturgeon like a big sturgeon Sounds like some people got drunk and saw a sturgeon, you think? Yeah. And, and you said uh, the end of the, the where uh, Force meets Jenny again, it's in Savannah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So just so the listeners know, this meet, this river meets the Atlantic. It looks to me like not exceedingly far south of Savannah. So it's that area of Georgia. Okay. okay. Thanks, Rand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, in 1830, the Savannah Georgian newspaper reported multiple sightings. The primary witness was Captain Delano of the Schooner Eagle. Schooner? Schooner. Like a boat. Nice. Yeah. Reported seeing a large creature uh, below the mouth of the river. He stated to be 70 feet wide and oh, the circumference. 70? 
He said it had the circumference about the size of a barrel, and its head resembled that of an alligator. Five other people on the schooner also reported having seen the monster. How do you think these people describe their penis? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. the way they like, they saw a sturgeon. That's what they saw. So that's all they saw. I also like that. So just think about this. Well, they, they just sa- saw an alligator. Or an alligator. So the thing I like is that they claimed it was 70 feet, but the body was basically a barrel. That does not add up. Like, no. a, how 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 tall is a barrel? Three, four feet? Yeah. So, I mean, so, so it was 70 feet long, uh, and it, its body was, like, as round as a barrel? His description stated it was about 70 feet long, yeah. Cir- circumference about the size of a barrel. So okay, big... so so basically they're just exaggerating the size of an alligator, right? Because an alligator is probably a big one wouldn't be that much, would be pretty close to a barrel, right? Oh, okay, yeah. I would say it was not seventy feet. No, I don't mean that. But it'd be, can you imagine? Mean, can you imagine it, just a an, an animal that's as thick as a barrel but seventy feet long? It's that, that's just like like a big snake. That's a panda. Uh, well. Uh, funny you should <laughs> funny you should mention that in the 1920s some timbermen riding the river report, <laughs> reported sighting a large snake-like water monster uh, 1935 some hunters saw what they saw a giant snake swim through the river uh, 19, 1940s some boy scouts reported seeing the creature so could be snake-like could be <laughs> okay let me let me begin this by saying <laughs> I want to believe uh, to use the X-Files slogan, mm-hmm. right? The tagline. I want to believe this is your most far-fetched one yet. Like, I don't the know. Most don't easily... forget the ninja. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just mean like the most, I shouldn't say far-fetched. I'm sorry. That's totally wrong. What I mean is most easily explainable. Uh, they it... saw an alligator <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was 70 feet long when it was mm-hmm. like seven feet long, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will admit the evidence for the for Alti is not as good as some of the others. Uh. <laughs> no one saw it playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> well, we don't have any photos of it, for one. Is there uh, any illustrations of the Alti? Uh, I'll, I'll send you the Did page. you make this up? I did not make this up. <laughs> Although I will say in my search for North American cryptids, most of them are either uh, a Nessie-like creature or Bigfoot. Mm. Yeah, I mean we're we're in Bigfoot country. That's what the United States is all about. Or skinwalkers. <laughs> skinwalkers. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna go like desert style ones. Chupacabra that's... is also a big one. What's the... what's a skinwalker? Skinwalkers can like change shape. They're they're often sighted in like Nevada, I think, in like the sort of the southwestern United States. And and the the lore of the skinwalker goes back into like Native American tales. And uh, this is hold on, (laughs) the Ultima. That's that is the Loch Ness monster that you just sent us. (laughs) That is a child's drawing of Nessie. Yeah, I told you. I look. I said there were no photos. Rob asked if there was an artist an artist rendering. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm glad. I just looked up skinwalkers, and those are terrifying. Yeah. So I think out of North American monsters like cryptids i think the skinwalkers by for and again i'm not an expert i don't know everything about all of them but from my knowledge of them i think that that one is the coolest and the scariest in north america other than bigfoot which is you know i 
Bigfoot is just that's our now that's our thing, right? Uh, that's, a that's, a lar- the Ameri- a, that's the most American uh, of cryptids. It's it's the large adult son of cryptids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just a but, big a big lumbering monster. So uh, like the, the the Bigfoot might be like the most mainstream monster. You know, it's like the yeah, Beatles it's a Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah, and and you have to you know like if someone hands me a Coke, I'll drink it and I'll say it's good. Yeah, so I'm not disrespecting it, but the Skinwalker's really like, yeah the best one. Uh, I think yeah, I I'm I'm in agreement that the Skinwalkers are really good. Um, also from Native American lore is uh, Wendigo. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah Wendigo. That, yeah, that, that's more our our neck of the woods. Yeah, so there's <laughs> there's essentially like if you're boiling like down to like folklore and ghosts and monsters, there's three types of things in North America. Uh, one civil war ghosts <laughs> okay uh two is drunk people seeing stuff and thinking it's uh thinking like a snake is a monster <laughs> yeah that, or that 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 might be like the mothman category yeah which that's where i think best explains that is someone's drunk driving and concentrating really hard <laughs> yeah in west virginia and they they see something and they think it's mothman uh and then three are terrifying native american legends <laughs> Yeah, the last one is the best by far, I think. Most interesting. Um, okay. Um, Th- that's what I wish we could go back in time, like, to 10 years ago and did a cryptid podcast, but so many people are doing it now. I just wish we would have thought of it first because I, I think that's what we were destined to do. <laughs> Agree. Uh, we, you know, well, we, listen, we got a lot of ideas out of this. We've got speed 50 minutes at a time. <laughs> uh and we have our uh our cryptid season of a free podcast mm-hmm. um I, I i'm ready to talk about sea monsters or cryptids on demand <laughs> do you guys i don't want to talk about the movie how you feel about the movie because we have a credits episode that we can yeah we should that. probably tell because we did not talk about this movie ended and we barely talked about it well there's a there's the feather moves around yeah and We've said it. We've said everything there is to say. We talked about Haley Joel Osment movie ends. I yeah. guess, and maybe we already talked about this, but it all blends together, as you guys know, as as podcast artists. <laughs> did we did we talk sufficiently about Curious George? Because that's the other thing that comes back. In this. We talked about Curious George when okay. he was first introduced. Yeah, um, I don't really have a take. Uh, I, and who knows if I said this before, but that the man with the yellow hat far too trusting. You know, fool, yeah. fool me once, shame on you. But he keeps leaving that monkey alone. That's because he's a banana, dude. <sighs> that's yeah, that's right. That's your theory, or is that some is that some Reddit theory? You, or do you, is this a Rob it's not original? An original theory? It's not okay. an original theory. Are we meant to think that Forrest just sits at the bus stop for eight hours until? Well, if he doesn't have to back? cut grass, what else are you gonna do? I that, mean, that is implied at the end of this movie, right? That was the only question I had about it, is that he just stares blankly into space and waits for eight hours until he comes back home. Um, I, I never took it that way. I think it is him just like, I mean, Forrest has never really lived his life in a hurry, except when he's running. Um, so I think he's just, he's just sitting there, you know, he's sent his son off to school and he's just, he's having a life thought. As the feather he's, blows, he's away. gonna go back and have a mint julep on the porch. I mean, the nice thing about Forrest well, Jr. Drink, existing though. is it gives Just Forrest Doctor Pepper. It gives Forrest something to live for. I mean, he's always done things for Jenny. 
Now Jenny's gone. Now he's. I mean, forests. There's a whole world of people out or, there or because a person walks up to him at graduation and asks him a question <laughs> I, yeah. I was just about to say for there's a whole new world of people to say yes to whatever they say <laughs> and in the 80s uh at least financially speaking much more dangerous yeah yeah that's true um do you guys have anything else about this segment of the movie you know i I will. We do get into the credits a little bit in this segment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Uh, I will just say, like, my last comment, I guess, about it is the credits score is like weirdly, like, somewhat foreboding and dark. Uh, I don't think it's dark, but it's sad. Yeah, it's, it's like really sad. Like, we just watched a movie. Like, I know that Jenny died, but like, I, isn't the whole point of that ending is like life goes on and there's a new chapter and, and there's joy? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer, the man. Next generation. <laughs> like, like I think the this these minutes we've talked about are like kind of uplifting, and it's like, well, little forest, we get you know that this is what life is about, right? Is you live your life and you do your Persevere. best to 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 create a space for the next generation to do better. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I think that that's what this whole scene is about. And then the music is, is really sad. Like the saddest score that we've heard. I think I just, I thought that was, that was my only other comment about it. I thought that was weird. It is. It is kind of dissonant. I'll give it more of a listen. I didn't pay much attention to it. Um, well, as soon as the credits hit, I just sort of turned it off. Um, oh, all right. Well, we could talk about it next well, week. Yeah, I'll. I think I'll. I'll listen to that. Um, all right, guys. Well, I mean, we'll be back. We're gonna have another episode to talk about stuff. Uh, but uh, we did it. We got through the like the the live action part of this movie, <laughs> the actual movie. We did it. It's done. I've... It's done. Yep. And now we can find out how much we're broken from it when we talk about it next week. Happy the days while I'm mending the nets Till once more they ride high out to sea